welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online somewhere 24-7. Oh, here's where, at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You know the drill. There are two, uh, two links there. The first is to our podcast feed, uh, something like 50 or more uh, recent shows. Uh, we're doing two a week right now, and you'll find, uh, so let's see, that would be something like, oh, half a year's worth of them, more or less, uh, sitting there waiting for your review, study the titles, read the summaries, say, hey, that might be interesting. But the one at the top of the list will be the most recent. This one, if this is, well, you know, when and however you're listening. But the second link uh, will, uh, will relate and relates very strongly to the first link because it is the Radio Loop version of the podcast show that's at the top of the list. That means it's running in a loop. That means you kind of tune into it, as it were, in an analogish, uh, mentally analogish way. You still have to go and hit a link and do all those digital-type things. But you enter the show wherever the show happens to be, and you stick with it. And you learn about what's going on. You get thoughts in your head. You say, gee, I wonder, I wonder how that thought developed earlier. Because the way we tend to do things on this show is to develop an idea from beginning to end. And there's a certain amount of free form. There's a certain, uh, there's a certain uh, uh, unstructuredness to the thought processes. But more often than not, and, 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 I, and I consciously go in this direction, I try to develop an idea and, and wrap up that same idea towards the end of the show as well. Kind of uh, a little more than stream of consciousness, as it were. But if there is, it, a stream of consciousness with a direction. You get the idea. Stay with us. Listen to the show. Go back. And, and if you liked what you heard, well, stick around because it'll start all over again within seconds of the end of the show. One way or the other, as a podcast seeker or a listener to our radio loop, I'm glad to have you with us. Uh, hmm. The, the easiest thing, oh, and by the way, it is Friday, the 27th of October. Uh, David Bach will be with us in our second segment. Keep that in the back of your mind. Be prepared for that. I have a feeling there should be some very, very astute observations uh, on his part uh, for today's show, given what's going on. What's going on? Well, uh, another, I don't know, you, 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 it, it almost... It almost is a shrug. Do you shrug and say, oh, well, another mass shooting, this one in Lewiston, Maine? Um, only 18 dead so far, uh, 50 or so wounded, gunmen still at large, people within the Lewiston, Maine community told to remain in lockdown. That's 50,000-plus people. He's a, um, a former uh, military arms training specialist, 
uh, has uh, did his did his dirty deed with a high stock uh, AR-15 ish type weapon. They haven't quite found him yet. Oh, and he was treated for mental illness uh, uh, during the summer. Uh, maybe something to do with the breakup of his girlfriend. Some talk that they were regulars at both the bar and the bowling alley that he shot up and blew people away. Still haven't been able to identify a lot of the victims. The guns, uh, the, the, the effects of AR-15 gunfire, high-powered, and depending on the bullets you're using, can blow a body apart enough that if you hit him in the head or someplace like that, you'll have a hard time recognizing a face. That's simply how AR-15s work. They're very effective killing weapons. They're weapons of war. And, oh, well, you know, there was then, there was, of course, finally, there was this uh, press conference. <laughs> And you don't really need me to, to well, you, you know how these things go. Uh, there is someone from law enforcement who will give a, uh, as dry as humanly possible, but, and, and maybe some, some emotion creeps into their voice about just the extent of what was done, the, 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 uh, you know, just the, 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 the facts on the ground, just the facts, ma'am type version of what had happened. We had that. Then the mayor of the town of Lewiston comes on, and uh, he came about as close as I've heard to the... I was waiting to see who was going to say, we, we offer thoughts and prayers. That, that, that was kind of what I was sticking around for. Uh, I don't know that I heard those words exactly. The next one up was Susan Collins. The, uh, the, the, the senator, one of the two senators from the state of Maine. Now, now, keep in mind, Maine is one of these states that's known as a constitutional carry state. Constitutional carry. They're obviously referring to you know, the American Constitution, but the particular part of it they're referencing happens to be the Second Amendment. And it's the, well, you know, the Constitution says you can carry. There shall be no prohibition. It, people, of course, forget to mention the part of the Second Amendment that says, you know, a, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the maintenance of a society, blah, blah, blah. That, that first half of the Second Amendment, they ignore that, as did at least, uh, well, five justices of the Supreme Court in, in the Heller decision, and just went ahead and said, no, let's ignore that, and let's just go with the second half. Congress shall pass no law uh, restricting the lawful blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, don't even get me started on, on, on the, in, the misinterpretations of the Second Amendment and the obvious intent of the founding fathers. And, and there, there's just no rationale for taking the Second Amendment to the Constitution and using it as a basis to declare that there's an absolute right to have guns. Well, Maine, however, and a few other states apparently, feel that that's what the Second Amendment does. And they basically are what they call constitutional care, which means me sitting here in, 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 in southern Westchester County, 
Uh, if, it, if, it, if I got it into my head after this show was done, it's still dark out right now, uh, but, but if, if I got it into my head once the show was produced today and up, you know, I think this would be a lovely day to drive to Maine. And if I, if I did, I could go into any of Maine's many gun shops. I could go to Lewiston, Maine. I could go where this massacre took place. I could go to Portland. I could go to Augusta. I could go anywhere in Maine, show up, and, and with nothing but me, and with no background check, no other information, simply go ahead and buy a AR-15 and as much ammunition as I possibly uh, can imagine I would need to have for it. Well, if I needed an AR-15, I'd certainly need a lot of ammunition for it also. I mean, I'm not buying it to just, you know, put on the wall and look at it. I might be. It, 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 might be, it might be sort of a, a sublimated penis kind of a thing. Uh, it, it might be my way of feeling macho and powerful. But, but in any event, no one would necessarily know that I might have had, let's say, some, some psychological issues, that I might have had uh, a mental health uh, intervention in the beginning of the summer, and my girlfriend that I used to go to a local bar and restaurant with, or two different places, and I may have broken up, and it may have had something to do with my whole psychological state, and I have training, and none of that would show up because there's no background check required of any sort in Maine. Hey, the Constitution says we really ought to have guns, and that means weapons of mass destruction, doesn't it? I mean, well, granted that when it was written, it meant flintlock, long, long weapons, took you about uh, two minutes or, or more, or a minute at least, to basically reload your gun in between shots, the, 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 the circular bullets that a lot of these things shot back then could do some pretty bad damage. They were inaccurate. They were, they were well, it just, they weren't, uh, they weren't high capacity, high caliber weapons of mass destruction. They weren't automatic weapons. That's not what the founding father had in mind. And I don't know if they would have, if, if, if it happened to be if, if these guns were in existence at that time, maybe the Founding Father might have found them appropriate for a standing, well-regulated militia. That's what the Second Amendment says. That's what it says. Doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't say, it doesn't say, forget this first half when you read the second half about no law shall be passed prohibiting the ownership, blah, blah, blah. No. It said it's all part of the same Second Amendment. Very brief thing, like four or five lines, but it's all part of the same Second Amendment. I don't give I don't give a rat's ass how it was misinterpreted by the Republican-bought members of the Supreme Court in order to please the gun lobby and please a lot of other people and possibly I don't know get don what whatever the hell benefit came to them. It, well, Clarence Thomas, two words that will explain a lot of things that are wrong with the court, but that's what Heller did. It utterly and completely bastardized the meaning of the Second Amendment, and people went yay, and, uh, and there it sits for the moment at least. 
Now, now Maine goes a step further in the insanity uh, that goes along with, with utter and open permissiveness about purchasing weapons of mass destruction. Just have one. Hey, please, come on, just come by and get one. Um, yeah, you know, if I, if I get in the mood, maybe I'll drive up and, and pick one up this afternoon. I could. I probably won't get in the mood. In fact, I definitely won't get in the mood for that. But they are what you call a yellow flag state. Now, you've, maybe you've heard of red flag states. And in a red flag state, pretty much anybody, not just, not just a, a legal source, not just a police or judicial authority, but friends, neighbors, teachers, a clergyman who recognize that there's something wrong with a person in the community, a person who they know has weapons, can make an appeal to the local authorities, police authorities, presumably, to please get these weapons away from this person. Now, there will be a very short term, a very short period of time, after which once this position is signed, then there will be a hearing on the capacity of this person who was named in the request presented by pretty much anyone, uh, you know, that, that this person really shouldn't be holding on to weapons. They're not in their right mind. They are not capable of rationally keeping this stuff in a way or using them or keeping or not using them in a way that would harm others. That's what a red, a red flag law is, and most of the states in New England around Maine have that. But no, Maine has a yellow flag law, and that means there's only one source, one source that can actually make the petition to remove someone's guns from their position, and that is actually the police themselves, or maybe the court themselves. It has to come through an official source. So that means that something has to happen to get the attention of police or the courts. Now, I, I read that, and I think it's, it's reasonable to read that as a, we really don't want anyone to do anything about this. The courts have enough other things. The, the police have enough other When someone finally fucks up and decides that they're pissed off enough to start blowing people away, it might then, it should then, well, it most definitely will come to our attention because we'll need to, to focus our thoughts and prayers on the victim. That's when a yellow flag state will basically begin focusing on on when someone we we got to get ready for the damned press conference we got to get it all in order who's the cop <laughs> hey which one of you guys want oh, oh it'll be the chief oh it's going to be the chief will tell the story there were 18 people who were killed uh, we could not identify a number of the bodies. Uh, we had the gunman is still loose and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and then the mayor gets on and says, our thoughts and prayers. Ah, oh, jeez, I wanted to be the one to do it. Nope, sorry, sorry. It's the chief. Now, now just after the... Just after the, uh, the, uh, the local... Uh, 
the mayor. First, it was a policeman or someone who basically gave the statistics. Then the mayor kind of, you know, gave gave something of an emotional uh, edge to the whole thing. And then Susan Collins came on, and she kind of said, "It was it was a thoughts and prayers ish." kind of a, uh, we are, my, our hearts go out, our concern, how horrible, how, and someone in, and, and then she was followed by the local congressperson, a guy, male, can't think of his name, Democrat. And Susan Collins is a Republican. And she is pretty much looked at as a moderate Republican. She's, she kind of falls into whatever that would mean these days. There isn't, moderate is anything that's not completely batshit crazy. But Susan Collins, let's, let's, let's give her that she isn't, she's not really quite batshit crazy, never has been, really but can drift in that direction and would know how to make batshit crazy sound rational if that were necessary for a particular political gain that she was going for. So, so after she did her kind of thoughts and prayers, and I noticed very strongly that she did not say a word about the weapons themselves, nothing about removal. When she was done, and she probably was on mic for something like, I don't know, three or four minutes, then she introduces, she brings to the mic the local congressman, male Democrat. And he doesn't spend much time before he comes out with, and I, 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 I was going to record it, but I, I think it, it'll make just as much sense to paraphrase it and say it here. You know, I, 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 I have taken a position in the Congress, and I have held the position, and I voted against, or I have been against any banning of assault weapons. I have been, I have been squarely against assault weapons. I apologize. This is something that I did wrong, and it was a very wrong thing for me to do. I want the total immediate ban of all assault weapons weapons and I will work with anyone in the Congress willing and able to work with me to get this done. And he was off the mic. Okay? That's it. That's that's and he smiled. He was nice about it. He had he had this he was young, boyish looks. He said, and, and, and very important, he said, in the time I have left in the Congress. And it was almost saying, geez, you know, when, when everybody comes to their senses and realizes that we really can't get rid of assault weapons and gets really pissed at me for even suggesting it, and my God, I changed my position, and I know that I'm in a Republican area, I'm a Democrat who got voted in, I, and probably the only reason was that I was able to basically find some, uh, some uh, confluence of opinion with the MAGAs who are around here, and that, of course, demands that I have to be pro-assault weapon and, and certainly not even daring to challenge the constitutional carry concept. You can carry a gun in the street. You can carry it. You walk into a bar. Walk, you can legally, I gather from what I've heard, walk into that same, uh, that same bowling alley, that same bar in Maine with an uncovered weapon it's a constitutional carry state. What the hell? 
And as long as you don't shoot it and kill anybody, well, you're within the law. The moment you do something with the thing, the moment you do what the damn thing was designed to do, kill people, well, that's a different matter, of course. Thoughts and prayers, but no change. And he said this. He said this, and then Susan Collins, the senator, came back to the microphone. And, and keep in mind, this, this was a press conference that was anticipated. People were waiting to hear something about this, okay? And so there was a lot of press from all over the country, I imagine all over the world. I mean, it, it, you know, oh, geez, another, another, mass, another mass killing in America. Uh, yawn, you know, what's on TV tonight? Oh, boy, uh, can I still get Tucker on, uh, where is he, is, is he, on, is he on, uh, on Twitter or whatever they call it, X now, can I, whatever. And the first question she takes, the first, well, the first question that's popped at her, I don't know that she took it, but it, it, you heard it. Senator, what is your, will you vote for a ban on assault weapons? The congressman has just said he will do everything in his power to get rid of assault weapons. This is his town. He is from Lewiston, this guy, local congressman. He doesn't want any more killing. I don't know that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm embellishing the question a bit here. But he's, but will you vote for an assault weapons ban? 18 people are dead here, Senator. What are you going to do? Well, says Susan Collins, I, um, I, I, I have, I've, I've, I, I think she said something like, I've been to lunch with Democratic female senators. Uh, I, I don't know, something, and, and I think maybe the more important thing might be uh, just, I, 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 I don't know about the weapons themselves, but, but I think the, the, uh, the, 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 the extended cartridges that they use would be uh, an important thing to, um, uh, maybe I could understand, bullshit, 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 bullshit. She wouldn't go a step beyond dealing with cartridges and she could not come near, she would not go near the notion of actually banning assault weapons. Now, if there was no ammunition available for these things, eh, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. But even a standard, a standard clip will still carry probably 8 to 15 bullets for an AR-15. You're going to get that no matter what. And you can shoot them off damn fast, and you can kill a whole bunch of people with the, in the easiest possible way. And you don't need a bump stock to keep them going almost like a machine gun. Just pulling the trigger one at a time, you could take down as many people as you have rounds in the chamber. So to me, the argument that if you get rid of the large capacity clips for these guns, well, then it's okay. To, well, what the fuck do you want to have the gun for in the first place? If, if the only, if, well, if I'm willing to have it with a, um, a, a smaller clip, I imagine uh, uh, it'll be okay, won't it? 
No, the reason you have a AR-15 or, or, you know, or any one of these assault weapons is because you like to feel like Rambo. You want to go out there, you want to shoot it up. I don't know where the hell you shoot it up. Maybe you go to a shooting range. Are there special AR-15 shooting ranges where you blast the living shit out of the target because they're going to have to replace it after you've done the damage that the gun is designed to do to anything, including a target? I don't know where you go to even play with these things, but you know you got one and you've convinced yourself because you've been convinced that somehow this is important to your safety, most likely to your masculinity. But maybe it's even something a little more fundamental than that. Susan, we know, is going to be useless on this. Okay? She, she just can't move. She's afraid. She's scared shitless. They all are. The reality is there. She's stuck in the thoughts and prayers mode of everything. But the congressman, the Democrat there saying, in the time I have left, fully cognizant of the possibility that he might have signed his own get out of Congress free card by saying this, said, I've got to be against this. It's rational. To be against an assault weapon ban is irrational. There, there, there's, there's no other way to put this. And giving this over to the NRA and the various weapons manufacturers who are all being bought out by even bigger mega corporations to make money is nothing but pandering to their pecuniary, their financial desire. And they'll say effing anything to get people to buy one. Now, now the interesting point is why, why do, Amer yes, they're available. Why do American males and many females, why do they feel a need to have an AR-15 type weapon? I, I think I saw a statistic yesterday or this morning to the effect that there are something like 16 million owners or maybe 16 million of these weapons out there. 16 million AR-15 weapons out there. How many people, how many, how many soldiers are there? How many people are under arms, as it were? How many, how many people are formally inducted in the American military service? Well, there are more private weapons of mass destruction out there, I would argue, than there are the same, the same type of weapon held by people who are formally inducted into the military service or police services throughout the country. Private ownership of weapons of mass destruction supersedes the level of ownership or possession of these weapons by the people they were designed for. They were designed for people to kill other people in combat situations. That's, that's where we are. Now, what do you do? Well, the argument is, well, well, what can we do? If, 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 if people will still blah, 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 uh, we, 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 you know, it's, not, uh, uh, it's not guns that kill people. No, if people don't have weapons, no, you forget all that. That's, that's bullshit. We had a weapons 
an automated weapons ban before. Purchasing, anyway. I don't think there was a manufacturing ban. I'm not sure how that worked. I have to remember how that worked out. Back, uh, and, and, and George W. Bush, in his wisdom, or in, in his capacity to be influenced by anyone and anything uh, about anything, any event, basically decided that he would allow a law it was a 10-year law that said there will be a banning the sale of AR-15s in America. Didn't say if you had one, they had to go away. But it simply banned the sale. I think that's what the law was at that time. But the law was going to sunset. And that meant that it needed to be renewed. And George W. Bush blocked it. He decided that, nope, nope, nope. They got to him. The gun manufacturers got to him, and I don't know if they made an argument. I don't know if they somehow appealed to his rationale. I don't know if he understood that there was some statistical basis and that really, that really supported the, the overall safety of these things. That, or maybe he just was dumb enough to believe that it was really people and not the guns. That people, if I stand there and hold up my finger and go bang, bang and make believe, that's basically, if, you know, it's that. But the gun, well, it's not the gun. It's the mindset. And, it, and, if, and if I had an AR-15 when I go bang, bang with my finger, basically, well, that's the same thing, isn't it? The gun just happened to be there. But it was the intention, I, when, I, when, I, when I play, when, when little kids go bang, bang with their fingers and pretend, they're really actually trying to kill. Thank goodness they don't have an AR-15 in hand. But in the end, the AR-15 is not responsible. It's, it's, you, you understand the bullshit here. And it's just twisted in it, and it rolls all over itself, and it's, it's a load of crap. If you don't have an AR-15, you're not going to commit a mass murder. If you don't have a weapon of mass destruction, you will not do an act of mass destruction. Period. End of story. But that still leaves this question. Why? Why would a country knowingly well, this, this, this assumes that there's, a, that there's, that there's a, some internalization that is more than just emotional, more than just base, baseline feeling, that there is some thought process. But, but, but whatever, the, whatever, the, whatever the, 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 the psychological or the, or the uh, intellectual processes that might be that support this, why would a country put itself through this why would we why would we continue to allow ourselves to kill ourselves and then deny that we have an obligation to do something to prevent it what could possibly overwhelm the unavoidable logic the 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 just the emotional, the, the emotional clarity of it is unbelievable. I mean, it's right in front of you. Get rid of the weapons of mass destruction, and you won't have death by weapons of mass destruction. We don't need weapons of... No one needs, no civilian needs a weapon of mass destruction. Not for anything. Self-protection. I've got to protect my wife and kid. No, I've got to go hunting. Bullshit. None of that is necessary. 
None of that is necessary. What do, what is it in us that is preserving this notion that we just can't do, oh well, we're beholden, we are politicians and we are beholden to the gun lobby and to the manufacturers who are pumping tons of money into our campaigns. Th this, this is a fact. But there have been pushbacks against the NRA and the gun manufacturers before. And quite honestly, it didn't really hurt anybody. Why? Because there is an overwhelming majority of Americans who want control of these weapons, who want gun checks to be a standard. Now, there was a law that was passed earlier this year or last year that supposedly was going to help us along. I don't see where that's happening or how this is supposed to happen. It happened on the federal level. It was the first new gun legislation in, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know where it's gone. I can't see how that has been implemented or how it's making any difference. What has to happen here is that there must be the removal of these weapons. What does I mean? What do I mean by removal? You may no longer possess an automated weapon. If you are in the United States of America, if you are not a member of the military and otherwise authorized to have a personal weapon of mass destruction as part of your service, you may not have one. You may not buy one. You may not possess one. You may not use it for practice target. You may not put it on the wall and look at it and say how pretty. You may not feel your masculinity surge or your femininity surge by looking at You may not make excuses to yourself. I have to have one because you can't. You may not have one. You will be forced to turn the weapon in, and you will be compensated. You will not suddenly have gone out however many hundreds, or I don't know, I don't, I don't know what these damn things cost. A lot of money, I'm sure. But you will no longer, you will not lose your investment on this. But you may not possess one of these weapons. And if you get it in your head, as has happened so many times in the past, that, uh-oh, I think there's going to be a ban on, whoop, we better start buying them. And there's suddenly a surge in the purchase of these weapons. Forget it, because they're all going to have to be given back. It's all going to have to be exchanged. Oh, my God, the gun lobby starts screaming. Oh, my God, the manufacturer starts. Oh, my God, the gun shop. Oh, oh my God, that's 80% that's of our business. Tough shit. It's death. It's death to people, to children, to kids, to everybody. It's death to people in America for absolutely no reason, and it's insufferable. And your making profit off of this is intolerable. It's unconscionable. So go ahead. Oh, we you know, well, geez, you know, they actually, my God, I can't believe it. They actually voted the ban in. So I better, oh, wow, I better go buy it when I can. Nope. You're just going to have to give it back. I would suggest that the ban on sales, once a law of this nature is passed, and I know this sounds crazy, but I believe it's possible this time around, 
that this might actually have some kind of traction. I realize the house is, is a bunch of Looney Tunes. I realize that the, the smiling face of the new speaker is nothing but a, a, a basically a mask over one of the most ultra wacko conservative uh, election denying humans out there. Okay, but there is the beginning, I'm hearing, I'm sensing the beginning of a honest-to-God push that could actually result in a automatic weapons ban. Over 80% of America wants it. And we're just, oh, well, you know, okay, so, yeah, I, I, at least he gives me, at least he likes Trump, so, I, okay. So we maybe, you know, what are the odds that they'll actually kill, get killed in our little community over here by some nut job, you know, in a, in a yellow flag state who basically is not being uh, picked up on the radar? Uh, no, no, that's, that, that's over. Get rid of these things. Get rid of these things. The sale ends instantaneously. There is then a short window, and I mean short. I mean maybe a month or two, tops. During And of course, all of the re repurchase plans have to be out there. All of the dispos disposition of these weapons, once they're repurchased by whomever under whatever source, must be out there in advance. It's going to be a logistical biggie. But the money will come from the feds, or there will be compensation. If, if the purchase of the weapon was recent enough, there will be a free, uh, an a, 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 a open exchange, and you get your monies back for the weapon. And then the weapon will have to be disposed of by the, by the gun seller, okay, by the shop, by however it's done. But that should be over the course of one or two months, max. After that, Possession of this gun, possession of one of these guns, anyone found holding one of these, the fine will be 5000 It's got to be a biggie. 5000 maybe a $10,000 fine for every day, week, I don't know how long, that you are in possession of this gun until you turn it in. And the fines will be used basically to finance the destruction of these weapons on the back end. This is possible. There's no reason why it can't be done. They'll be yelling and screaming and they'll be all... But we're beyond any of that at this point. There, there was, there was a, a marvelous interview that I saw... Uh, this morning. It, it was from a show last night. Uh, I, I, I Occasionally, you've heard me quote Christiane Amanpour, uh, and, and she just does these remarkably thoughtful shows. She, she shows up here on, on uh, one of the PBS stations, I think LIW here in the New York area. It's a Long Island PBS station. And she was interviewing Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton, who could have been the 45th president of the United States, if she, if, well, if she hadn't been blindsided by Jim Comey uh, in reopening the whole uh, laptop issue, which was nothing, there was nothing there, okay? So if he hadn't been convinced to do something that was even against standard FBI procedure, if Comey hadn't done that, 
And if there had been a little more attention paid on Hillary's part to swing states where Trump was able to figure out what it was that people really, really were willing to buy into when they were afraid, when they felt distance, when they, when, they, when they felt lonely, when they felt that they were no longer connected. She, uh, on the interview with Christiane Amanpour last night, Hillary was discussing, it started off with a discussion of an article that she had just had done, and, and it was printed in the Atlantic. Brilliant, brilliant publication. I suggest everyone on earth look and read and listen to it. It's thoughtful. It's, it, 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 it's provocative. It, will, it, it covers all the bases. It's a beginning of a point of, of conversation and contention, no matter where you are on the political spectrum. Oh, the Atlantic would say the, would say the MAGA types. No, the Atlantic is a brilliantly, brilliantly thought out and structured conversation pieces. The name of the article that she had there was the weaponization of loneliness. And, and, and just think about that for a second. I, I, do I even have to go much further? She, 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 I, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of it. This is the woman who could have been president. The, the, the difference, the, look at, look at this, 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 this complete ass, this complete, this complete destructive force, this, this, this weapon of, 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 of social destruction that's in court and yelling and screaming and getting sanctioned and, and being hit with fines and maybe prison and, 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 and he will be, I, I, as I've said before, I don't expect that he'll be allowed to run ultimately. He will no longer be on the ballot for November, in, in November of 2024, but that's another story. But what Donald Trump bought into, and Hillary brings this out, he was able to find this, this sense of separation, this sense of being lost, so much of which was being driven by the new social media world in which people were living. This, this world where you're on your phone or on your TV constantly, but you no longer have a sense of community. And community, as, you know, as, as de Tocqueville uh, described it back in the 18th century, is, is built in, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, is simply built in to the American consciousness. He, he was in here from France sort of doing studies on what it was that was making the new country of America the new country of America. And one of the things he focused on was our ability to sort of naturally, automatically, move into a sense of community, to do things together, bar, whether in those days, barn building or, or plowing or helping someone out or a sick neighbor or, or if it was an animal, that needed, or whatever the case may be. It was a natural instinct within the people, this agra mostly agrarian society, of this new nation. And de Tocqueville was deeply impressed with it and saw it as a differentiating factor, and saw it as a critical foundation 
for the democracy that we were developing, this, this, this rather uh, amazingly new thing. France was going through the same thing with this revolution, but, but they went in a whole other direction than with, uh, with Napoleon and everything else. But we were creating a democratically based state, a, a, a functional democracy. And de Tocqueville was so taken with it and the fact that he saw and recognized that it was based on this common sense of affiliation, this affiliation that people had and willingness to work with each other, and that it would only work if that were maintained. De Tocqueville got that. And what Hillary talked about in this article and what she talked about to, uh, to, to Christian Amanpour last night and again this morning, I watched a bit of it again, um, was that we've lost that. And it took people like the gun lobby, and especially someone like Donald Trump, to smell this sense of, of loneliness, this, this sense of differentiation, this sense of separation, this sense of not really having a sense of direction. And it would take a Trump to say, you know what, I can, I can give you something that'll, I'll give you something to hate. I'll give you something to fear. I will direct all of your anxiety in a direction of my making that will benefit me. I can do this because I understand fear and anxiety and hatred and uncertainty and a sense of being untethered from so much of what I otherwise was want. Because I went through this in my childhood. And, I, and as much as I have and I'll ever have, it'll never be enough. Mary, his, his, his niece, is, you know, too much and never enough, the book. This is it. And Donald not only understood this, but because of being the showman that he is and the, and, 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 and the media presence, was able to communicate this, and he captured the entire fucking Republican Party. Well, most of it. And fast forward, here we are. <clears throat> he gave people a focus other than a return to a sense of community, of sharing, of, of having an openness to ideas that might not be exactly like your own. He figured out how to separate, to separate, to divide and conquer, a house divided among itself. It is the most literal, literal uh, exploitation of that notion, the, mo the most literal exercise of that ugly thought that, that Abraham Lincoln referred to during the Gettysburg Address that we've ever had in this country. And it's there, and it was done before our eyes. And it's continuing to be done. And it ties directly into the preoccupation and the desire and the alleged or the imagined need to have AR-15s because it both differentiates you from the people you hate and gives you a sense of false protection. It fills, it checks every ugly, dumb, fantasy, sick box you can possibly imagine. Having, I have to have an AR-15. It checks them all. And Donald is the master of that. I, I, I would strongly urge you, and I could go on with this for much too long, I would strongly urge you, if you can, go online, catch the interview, and read the Atlantic article from Hillary. 
It's, it, it's the weaponization of loneliness. It's an eye-opener. And I, and I still go back to where we started this. I think it's the starting point, finally, of a breakthrough of the ability of the American people now to get past their own frightened politicians and do something about killing ourselves. Can you imagine that? That we might actually begin to re-select the notion of community over protectiveness and a willingness to go ahead and kill the motherfucker because they're not like us or be prepared to or feel that I could at any time and wait until all of these things build up and create a mental disability that will actually, uh, by some people, the guy in Maine and Lewis in Maine, be acted upon. And then, of course, there'll be no laws to, you know, to, to stop any of it. Read the article, look at the interview, and for God's sake, let's, let's, let's try to redevelop a sense of community. Understand what we're missing. We don't talk anymore. We, 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 have, a, we have a cell phone in our hands. We're sitting behind a watching a TV screen. That's not community. And our very democracy depends on community. De Tocqueville had it right then, and it's still true today. David will be with us in just a moment. I think this would be a very, very good moment for a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Yes, you already know it's Friday. Yes, you know, well, why, why, why continue the suspense any longer? David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a lot, and if you want to hear me uh, more, you can follow me on Twitter at Faces Ideas No. Um, Look, I want to talk very briefly about the plea deals for the uh, Trump cases. Yeah. So in Georgia, Jenna Ellis, Sidney uh, Powell, and Cheeseboro all pled guilty. Um, they're all doing, I think, at least the uh, Jenna, not Jenna, um, at least Sidney Powell and Cheeseboro are doing cooperation. I don't remember if Jenna Ellis is cooperating. Um, but it, it is very apparent that, like, Everything was fake. Like, like it was all fake. These were the, at least Cheeseboro and and Alex and uh, Cheeseboro and and Powell are the architects of at least the media face. Yeah, of, that, that that was the point being made that they they had that they had responsibility for developing all of the media out outreach to basically make this plausible and palatable to the American people what they were doing. And, and while Trump says, oh, yeah, you know, Sidney uh, uh, Powell is never my lawyer, he almost put her in charge of a special investigation into the election. Like, this is not new news. Yeah. This was reported 
in a about a March uh, about a January meeting in like March of 2021. Like yeah. we had information yeah. on this meeting. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I what 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 I'm seeing. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I totally agree with everything you're saying. Uh, I'm seeing, and I'm looking at it from a purely legal point of view, three attorneys who basically, uh, for whatever reason, thought they would, uh, you know, straddle the line, then cross the line, then go ahead and started doing things that were illegal, then depending on one another and depending on the client and hoping that somehow they would be able to say, well, the client believed what he was saying. I wasn't really giving illegal information and hoping somehow they wouldn't get caught. It, it after a while becomes sort of a self-deluding thing. Lawyers will do this. Not good lawyers will do this, but, but some lawyers looking for whatever, there's an emotional thing, there's an ego thing, and they all got caught and it finally all hit them that if I don't take a plea, I will have a felony. If I have a felony, I will no longer be able to practice law. My capacity to earn income is gone. And that's all this is about. We got caught. We're getting the hell out of this now. And there's a lot of other people knowing that they're going to be on the, that they will be, well, if, we're not sure about Jenna Ellis. You were correct about that. But that the other two, Cheesebro and, and Sidney Powell, who's crazy as a Mark chair, but not that crazy, they will be providing information for the prosecution. And they're just going to blow a lot of other people away, especially Giuliani. And of course, then that goes straight to Trump. Yeah, because they when the reason they um, they wanted to sever their cases originally was because if they all together, Trump was going to throw them all under the bus. That's right. And then you know they made the right decision to to do the plea. They um, got on they got on their own bus. They're throwing him under the bus. That's literally what's going on here. Uh, and attorneys, we've seen this happen with Trump attorneys again and again and again. All of the information that was pulled together by Jack Smith to put together his January 6th case was pulled together because attorneys were compelled to testify because it had been found by a federal judge that they were likely in the middle of a criminal conspiracy. That's why they were forced to testify against Trump. That's how Jack Smith built his case and finally Willis's case will be will be no different. Yeah, and it it should be mentioned that a lot of the people who were still pushing this had not been uh, had not paid any price. A lot of the no. the online um, media consultants who pushed this, uh, Fox News, it will it still has not been punished enough for this. Um, if you're a if you're a Fox News watcher and you somehow listen to this program, uh, finding out about the, the Jenna Ellis and the uh, these. Uh, guilty pleas. This is probably the first time you've heard about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Isn't, isn't that amazing to think that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just going to keep pretending election integrity is a thing while they try to overturn elections. Which, speaking of, huh. uh, it turns out that the the uh, Republican Party spine is is only able to remain solid for about a week. Um, that long? So what? Yeah. So last week, when um, when Jim Jordan was the, uh, the speaker nominee, that Monday it looked very much like he was going to win the nomination. Um, he was going to be the one who, you know, finally did it because all of the the, the big names were like, 
oh, yeah, under no circumstances am I ever going to vote for Tim Jordan, came out like an hour before the vote and said, actually, yeah. I'm going to vote yeah. for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it turned out they actually just fine, and they got rid of him. Um, so then they had Tom Emmer, who, I, and I'm going to keep, keep saying this, I think he was the, the least dangerous choice because on the base level, he actually believes in democracy. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Emmer was... The, the boy, uh, the choice for about four hours, and the reason Tom Emmer did not become the speaker is twofold. One, and this is this is the uh, the more the less egregious is uh, he believes gay people should be able to marry. Yeah, can you imagine that? Um, and two is he also believes that the 2020 election was fair and that Joe Biden is the rightful president. Yeah, can you imagine that? My God. <laughs> So in response to that, the Republican Party decided, you know what? Actually, we want to go into full-on crazy town. Yeah. Um, we're going to abandon the idea that we believe in democracy. We're going to uh, abandon everything, and we're going to vote a crazy radical in. And that's where we ended up with Mike Johnson. Yep. Um, Mike Johnson is a lunatic. He um, in thank thank you for finally being one of the first people to call him exactly that. And it's and it's 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 it he 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 is literally a fucking madman in sheep's clothing is what this guy is. He is and this is a thing that's going to have to start being explained to people is the danger of Christian fundamentalists. That's it. Um, Bingo. He is a, he is just just some of his highlights. Um, Mike Johnson is a young earth creationist. Um, he, uh, he was a lawyer for that. Mike Johnson um, believes that mass shootings are caused by uh, feminism, Roe v. Wade, and I, I want to say it was gay marriage, but it may have been something else that he argued. Um, he, he believes that gay people uh, should not have the right to marry. Uh, he believes that the, having, that, um, having that right has uh, degraded the country. He believes that... Um, he he authored a national don't say gay bill. He has also um, he's also the and the reason we talk about this democratic uh, the the opposal uh, to democracy is because of who he is. So Jim Jordan was one of the public facing cheerleaders of of the attempt to overturn the government. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah loud, coat, coatless, loudmouth bomb thrower, basically. Yeah, Mike Johnson was one of the driving forces behind the, the brief, in the Texas brief, in order to actually overturn the election. He's right. literally one of the architects mm-hmm. of the people trying to overturn the election. Like, like, literally, he is one of the, the co-signers, one of the creators. He's the driving force of it. That That's who he is. So if all the talk of, oh, we don't care about uh, insurrectionists in our party and stuff, is like, yeah, no, you, you do. You know, you do not care about democracy. And we know this no. because when he was elected uh, speaker, he was talking to a, a reporter <laughs> and they asked them, like, w- where do you stand on the generation on the election? And their response was to boo the reporter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, 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 this this guy is going to he will be. And, and I and I get the sense 
that he is going to be, because he's so inexperienced, this is the problem he's got, though. He doesn't, he doesn't really know how, he doesn't know how to run this job. He knows how to, be, how to be completely radical, completely extreme, completely burn the place down, completely let's just bring Jesus back, and, and, uh, back to Jerusalem and let's have the final battle of Armageddon and let's throw all the Jews in hell and whatever the hell it is that the fundamentalists believe. But he doesn't know diddly about actually being a speaker of the house. And he is going to have to get all kinds of help, and he's going to be sent in all kinds of weird directions. My sense is this could be far crazier than anything we saw under Kevin McCarthy. This guy doesn't really have any real control capabilities in there. And I think that the Democrats, and I've already seen this and I hope this continues, are going to be pushing and prodding and pushing and prodding and talking about, but what do did... Who won the election? And I, blah, 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 blah. who won the election? Ba 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 ba. Are you against? Uh, he's already now denied that he he will absolutely not go for an uh, an assault weapon ban. Push it again. Push it again. Push it again. And let this guy keep digging and digging and digging himself. And then watch all the factions in the Republican Party go completely apeshit once again. And it's going to happen in very little time. I don't know how how much time you give the guy. I give him maybe a week. Before it all goes I think to it'd hell, be a little longer than that. A little longer, um, you think? Oh, you're being generous. You're you're you're, no, you're, no, you're feeling generous. So I I think he has the advantage of being kind of unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it'll take a little while for okay. them to realize how bad he is. I know they're already turning on him on the online uh, online right because uh, he correctly. Yeah, this might be the only correct thing he said. Um, he said that George Floyd was murdered and that there's actually systemic issues in this country. Oh my I god! Because he's really? a black kid. Oh my god. Jeez, that that that's that that's a rough one. That's a rough one. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's uh, we'll see. I mean, it'll also depend on whether or not he he does any Ukraine funding. Um, what happens with the his government shutdown negotiations, things like that. But he is going to be an albatross on this party's neck. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. the best thing that happened to the Republicans basically is what's going on in Israel because it it overcovered. They just the complete shit show that they are for the last two, the last month in their um. Although it, it, keep in mind, remember Trump. Trump when the when the when the when the when the, uh, when the Palestinians first invaded, Trump actually was slapping Israel around a little bit. He had to walk that back real quick. Now the position absolutely is. Total 100% support of Israel, but we know what that is when you're coming from an evangelistic, uh, fundamental point of view. You don't give a rat's ass about Israel or Jews. You know that this is where Jesus has to show up for the final battle, and most of the Jews will go to hell because they won't accept him after he wins the final battle against the devil, and it'll take place, that battle will take place in Jerusalem. That's, that's what the belief system. It doesn't, it doesn't really give a shit about Jews and Jerusalem and Israel and anything else. It's a self-serving, uh, internal, prophetic kind of a thing. And, and, and the last thing that it cares about is anything to do with world peace and world stability. Right. It, the, the other thing to, to reference in this is there's two parts this. One is um, this this veil of anti-Semitism that that anything related to being uh, maybe we shouldn't murder every single Palestinian or um, you know uh, maybe the Israeli government is taking this too far is considered anti-Semitic, which is 
a decades-long thing to tie Israel to Jews, Yeah, which yeah. just isn't true because it's not true in the same way that you say, oh, uh, I don't like Joe Biden, so I'm not anti-American. Like, I'm not pro-Al-Qaeda because of that. Like, it's 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 a it's a uh, it's a way to chill speech, and it's it's McCarthyism, and it's to be a genocidal apologist. Which, yeah. to be fair, like I, I I have not been happy with Joe Biden's entire response to this. Him saying that we don't believe the the death tolls is not a is not a good answer. It, it just isn't. Um, it, they have there is so much evidence of this that. In the the two weeks that um, this has happened, Israel has killed more civilians, more journalists, and more hostages than Hamas has. The yeah, uh, sig- well, well, significantly more by 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 pretty much any anyone of of, of responsibilities tallying, and we're talking about international agencies. It's a multiple. It's a multiple. Yeah, it it is. And and look, I I know it's it. This is his response to a lot of this is hard, and. Um, people are angry with a lot of him and just some of the ways that he's doing this. Um, and I agree. It's it's not great. Um, and I'm going to have to repeat this every time, and I'm going to get into a lot of fights with people over this. Yeah. Your responses can't be, I'm not voting for Joe Biden in, in uh, next year. Of course. It can't be, um, it, it can't be, I'm not voting. First off, the idea, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a protest by not voting is is. Arguably the dumbest strategy you could possibly do. Yeah, that that's, um, that 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 is at least the dumbest thing you could possibly say and do. That, that, uh, to say, well, that, therefore, no, 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 no. You you, you can um, consider the alternative as an important way of looking at this as well. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not the happiest about uh, Joe Biden. I wasn't happy about him in 2020, and um, I, I'm very clear on this. It's not about Joe Biden. It's about the alternative. There because you go. If, if you believe that Joe Biden is bad on this and you're going to say, no, I'm going to vote for like Cornell West or RFK Jr. or Jank, who I don't even think he can legally run, um, is you're saying basically Donald Trump would be better because that's what it comes down to because none of those people have a real shot at it. And if you say, oh, they're the same, that's just fundamentally not true. Like, like right. there is a good chance that we would probably be bombing Gaza if uh, – if Trump was in office, but, or they would be, yeah, they would oh, put very, very much that so. it'd be knee jerk. And that would be a, Muslim yeah. Band. yeah. Or, or they would uh, start deporting all Muslims because they're terrorists. Like I, I get it. He's not done the best thing. Cause Joe Biden is not the best candidate. He's not the person we thought he's not the, the person the the, the lefties wanted, but he's, he's better than the alternative. And it comes down to that. And I'm going to keep repeating this. If you want to have substantial change in power, then you have to show up to vote down ballot. Even if you're in like, thank like, you for saying Mar- that. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're voting like Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, where you're you're not going to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you you would vote for whoever your senator is, whoever your governor could be. There's there's ballot measures. There's uh, there's mayors, there's school board members, there's comptrollers. There's like a jillion other things you could be voting for yeah. that whatever lunatic on the other side is going to be um, uh, is going to be voting for. And just because you're like protest, yeah, this is not great. And yeah, I wish we had somebody priming him that would hold his feet to the fire about some of this stuff. Um, and and yeah, there are things that certain politicians are saying that are are, are bad, and you can hold them accountable by. When, when they get primary. But to say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose my idea that I'm voting for Joe Biden is basically saying Donald Trump is better. And I want to be clear about this. This is not a, 
vote blue no matter who forever strategy. Yeah. This is a vote blue no matter who when the other side is a fascist. There you go. Like there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It but, is. You know, no. It, 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 what you're saying is, and 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 there's a and there's a basis for imagining, not imagining, for assuming really that a lot of this will happen. Many political strategists that I've listened to over the years say that when there is a really tense election coming up, Americans tend to vote against someone as opposed for 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 someone there the the ability or the desire or the need to prevent someone from doing something to hurt them overwhelms the well who would be my my preferred perfect candidate and i think that this is definitely one of those elections that 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 should unleash that particular emotion but again it, it's a wait and it's and 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 david it's 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 a full year man do you realize where will it, where will the Israeli Gaza situation be a year from now? Where will anything we're talking about today be a year from now? So much is going to intervene in a year, and and by the way, I and I said this on a, on, a, on an earlier on a show uh, this past Tuesday. I honestly believe that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment will be exercised by a group of uh, states, uh, uh, no, uh, of, of uh, secretaries of state who have responsibility for who was on their ballot for presidential purposes in 2024, and Trump will be denied, and they will bring a suit saying that they're not going to put him on. That will instantly go into the federal courts. It will be upheld at the first appellate level, and the Supreme Court will not even fucking touch it because Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito know that they would have to go ahead and show their allegiance to Trump in the event that that came up there. And it'll be the most perfect, blatant, all, all fours example of what the third section of the 14th Amendment was all about in the first place. Came in after the Civil War. If you have been an insurrectionist, not even just convicted, but participated in an insurrection against the country, you may not hold office in this country. Period. And that's going to happen. And I've made this prediction. Donald Trump will not be on the ballot. I know it sounds crazy. I know everybody's going, no, it's not possible. He's out there. Wait and see, folks. Wait and see. I don't, I, I, I don't you know, we're, we're jumping ahead here, but I don't see how he is able to withstand that because there will be at least one of the trials and one of the counts that will find him guilty of insurrection-related activity between now and the election. He will be kicked off the ballot. And it's the secretaries of state that can do it instantaneously. Let them challenge the hell out of it. It ain't going to happen. That's... And I actually do want to talk a little bit about insurrection. because. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, in Charlottesville, the statue, the Robert Lee statue, is melted down. And uh, people are having a hissy fit over it. Yeah. Um, let, let's be clear about this. First off, there should be no statues to these people. Um, there is nobody more anti-American than the, the Southern generals, period. Yep. Uh, they literally did not want America to exist. Uh, like, they, if you believed in the idea of America, you have to be against these people. Now, two, 
um, those who are saying, oh, you know, they're coming for the founding fathers and all that. No, that's that's different. You can teach the history of the founding fathers and you can still have their statues up and stuff. And that's that's fine. Three, the point of this is those statues weren't put up directly after the Civil War. That's all right. Of the, all of the iconography about the Civil War with the statues and the murals and that fucking mountain. Yeah. Were, were done during the civil rights movement during fuck you to it people. was either during late jim crow or it, well late jim crow into the civil rights movement david you're, you're you're spot on and i'm so glad you're bringing that up yeah so there is uh that that's what there is um yeah to talk about that yeah well well he said <laughs> And we haven't even gone near, or we haven't done much about. Uh, uh, well, I, I did a whole, I did a whole first section on, on, on gun rights and everything else. And anyone, it's, look, they, it's, they don't care. They, no. The Republican Party wants you dead. It, it just in every fashion, they do not care. No, they are, they're they a death cult. They don't care if the climate kills you. They don't care if guns kill you. They don't care if viruses kill you. They don't care if fentanyl kills you. It just. Name a thing that they're mad about, except for like immigration, and they wanted to kill you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, fortunately, there are wiser heads and more rational heads, and uh, and I would say more rational voices, better voices certainly, <laughs> out there uh, that that have a slightly more rational and American uh, positive uh, view of how things can and should be done. And that's why we continue doing this show. David, you continue doing a few of your own. Uh, where are they? What are they? How can people hear you? Uh, well, there's a couple of You can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. You can find me on YouTube occasionally on the left wing. Uh, you can find me occasionally with Pondering Politics when he does his, uh, his, his panels. You can find me. Um, but if you're looking for like basketball and pop culture, occasionally I'm on Productive Conversations. And that's on... Apple Podcasts and, and YouTube as well. Cool. It, it, it's uh, it, it sounds like your your universe is expanding and and it well should. Uh, I encourage people to continue finding you and listening to you wherever they can, and of course, continue with listening to you here and listening to us here at Center Left Radio. Thank you so much for being my co-host once again. Uh, on a Friday uh, early morning over here. And uh, we end it, as we always do, uh, with a little calmness, I would hope. Uh, and usually, at, at least, not metaphorically, quite literally, uh, expressing the calmness and the desire for the same with a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are living through the weaponization of American loneliness, uncertainty, all of those negative, empty places that Donald Trump has in himself, recognized in others, and because of a sick talent was able to basically exploit, and he and the Republicans don't know how to do anything else at this point. We do know and can do better.